The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Please open your Bibles to Ruth chapter 2. The next, uh, what's it, through August, we're going through Ruth. We're going to be reading through the whole book of Ruth. So today we're, we're at chapter 2. The words will be on your screens. So please join with me uh, on your screen. Please join with me as I read Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, after him in whose sight I I shall find favour. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who is of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who is in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant, who is in charge of the reapers, answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaths after the reapers. So she came and has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field Or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping, and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favour in your eyes, that you should take notice of me? since I am a foreigner. But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose Wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favour in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. 
When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out what, and gave her what food she had left over after she was satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close, to, close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Let me pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the way it has been preserved for us through centuries. Lord, we thank you that this is the living word, that your Holy Spirit who inspired it then is our teacher now. So we ask that through your spirit you would speak to us today. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we ask. Amen. Well, for those who were here last week, you might remember that we made much about Naomi and Ruth and their, their situation there in Moab. For those of you who weren't here, we made much about Naomi and Ruth and their situation there in Moab. So there had been a famine in the land of Israel. And to escape the famine, to escape death, we might say, Elimelech, a well-known man in Bethlehem, a well-established family, took his family, his wife and two sons, about an 80k journey to the land of Moab, and, and he stayed there to try and ride out the famine. Well, he died. So did his sons. And so then his wife Naomi was left just with her two daughters-in-law, two Moabite women. When Naomi had heard that the Lord had visited his people, that there was food again in Israel, she came back to Israel. One of her daughters-in-law, Orpah, she stayed. She went back to her people, back to her mother and father's house. But Naomi, she sort of renounced Moab. She says, I'm going to go with you. Not just that, your people are going to be my people. Your God, my God, your place will be my resting place. 
So we sort of suggested that for those of us, maybe you feel like your life is hard. Bitterness was a word that Naomi used to describe her situation, even to describe herself. If that is something that you could resonate with, then maybe Ruth might be someone worth following, following her example. Now, I'm conscious that there's, that might speak for some of us in the room, but not for all of us. So we don't all go through life ex- as one just bitterness, hardship after hardship. We're middle class Australia. Things are pretty good for the majority of us. So who is our example to follow? Does Ruth give us anything? The book of Ruth give us anything? Well, the start of Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, we're introduced to a man named Elimelech. Maybe he's not the best one to follow. In Ruth chapter 2, we're introduced to another man. We are told right at the start there, right up front, That he is a man who is worthy, a worthy man. He's not just that, he also happens to be a relative of Naomi through, through Elimelech, her husband. His name is Boaz. Verse 1 is sort of a little FYI for the for the readers of Ruth. This isn't something that Ruth and Naomi know straight off the bat. And the writer of Ruth is wanting his readers to be looking for God's hand at work behind the scenes, possibly through this man, Boaz. We noticed that even last week that the things just happened to fall into place, that God is working behind the scenes in the everyday lives of his people to bless and to bring about his redemptive purposes. And so as we come into Ruth chapter 2, we should also still be looking for God working behind the scenes. Circumstances that some might say, what a coincidence, but we know is the work of God. Well, Boaz, this man, he's he's a man whose name means in him is strength. He is described as a worthy man, and this description, a worthy man, can sometimes talk about him being a man of standing a man of wealth, a man of valour and and substance. There's something to this bloke. He's not wishy-washy. But it also carries the sense of moral worth. Boaz is a man of character. He's a man of influence and integrity. And we're told that Boaz is also of the same clan as Naomi's husband, Elimelech. He's a relative of Naomi through marriage. Wouldn't it be good if he knew what we knew about Naomi and Ruth, hey? Wouldn't it be good if Boaz knew of their need and of their loyalty? There's a few words that we should notice as we go through this first part of Ruth. One word is Moabite. The passage is very clear. It regularly repeats that that Ruth is a Moabite. She is a foreigner. It's very clear to us. We're reminded of it regularly. 
Another word is the word glean. Along with that, we'll notice the words favour and field. See, again, Ruth is an outsider from a foreign place, a foreign people, worshippers of a foreign God. And now she is here in Israel, in God's place. Not, she's not just any foreigner, though. She is a female, a widow, and a foreigner. She is a vulnerable person. She's a vulnerable person who needed to eat. And so Ruth, out of respect for her mother-in-law and the need to eat, asks Naomi to let her go into the harvest fields of Israel and glean. Gleaning was like the social security for the Israelites. It was there for those in need who didn't have a way to provide for their own needs. And it comes from Leviticus 19, verses 9 to 10. The Israelites are told to leave stuff around the edges of their fields, not to glean to the full boundaries, to leave the, ed ed the edges there for those that needed it. And also for any of the harvest that happened to fall on the ground, well, that was for them to leave there. Again, for others to come through, those in need to come through and gather for themselves. Now this concern for the poor and the foreigner is expressed in terms of the character of God. Let's have a quick squeeze at Deuteronomy chapter 10. There we, we have these words. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. It comes from the very character of the Lord. He loves those who are the sojourner. He loves the foreigner. He loves the needy, and he provides for them. So the law of the Lord here required his people to leave some of the produce of the harvest behind as provision for needy and foreigners who are in Israel. And this is because the land of Israel ultimately belonged to the Lord and his people were to reflect his impartial, just, loving, generous and gracious character to the world around them. In fact, Ruth seemed to know that although the law made provision for her to be provided for, she was still dependent on the favour of Israelites. She was still dependent on the grace and generosity of God's people if she and her mother-in-law Naomi were to have enough to survive. She would need to find the field of an Israelite who knew the law and obeyed it. And maybe, maybe he'd even be willing to go above and beyond the minimum requirement of the law. 
there's a significance here in the word field. We have that same Hebrew word for field come up in chapter 1. We've already gone through it. So I'm going to bring up the verses of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6, just to show some similarities in words between that and the passage we're looking at now. Notice the similarities in the larger coloured words there. The writer is making a comparison between the two. And as we move through chapter 2, the writer of Ruth is inviting us to notice the contrasts of what Naomi and Ruth experienced in the fields of Moab with their experience in the fields of Boaz, an Israelite of noble character. The experience of Naomi and Ruth in the fields of Moab was one of death. Elimelech, Malon and Kilion all died and Naomi was left empty. Ruth's experience on the other hand in the fields of Boaz is that of generous and gracious provision and protection. There's contrast in these fields. And our world is a place of contrasting fields, isn't it? We've got the fields of the Lord through his people. We've got the fields of the world. What is the experience of most people in the fields of the world? Well, friends, it ends in death. I invite you to, to follow it right the way through. When you get the, to the end of this life, if you've been living in the fields of the world, it'll end in death. Well, what then is the, the experience in the fields of God? Well, the field of God is a place where the foreigner finds favour. See, Boaz doesn't just obey the law. His generosity goes above and beyond the law. In verse 14, Boaz elevates Ruth above the status of a foreigner to the status of of an equal. Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So Ruth sat beside the reapers and Boaz passed to her roasted grain. She's a Moabite, widowed woman. And this Faithful Israelite elevates her in status to say, you are one of us. Come sit with us and eat with us. In verse 16, Boaz instructs his workers to take from the harvested barley 
and leave it on the ground for her to find. See, the provision of Ruth's needs comes at a personal cost for Boaz. He doesn't just leave her with his leftovers or sloppy seconds. He gives her his best. Boaz tells his workers not to have a go at Ruth when she doesn't quite get all the things right, all the traditions, when she's a bit shaky on the right way to do things, the acceptable way. In fact, twice Ruth enjoys what she has not worked for. She is blessed by the fruits of someone else's labour. Boaz says to her, And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Verse 16. And also, pull out some of the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean. She hadn't worked to harvest those bundles. She hadn't done the work to draw the water. Yet she benefits from it. And the reason Boaz shows favour towards Ruth is because Boaz is a faithful Israelite. He understands that Ruth hasn't just come into his field, she has come into the Lord's field. Ruth has sought refuge in the Lord. She sought to find her hope, her provision and her protection in Yahweh. Look at verse 12. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. See, friends, Boaz gets that God's people are the agents of God's provision and protection. He gets that God's people are to reflect the very character of God. Or we might say he gets that God works through the faithful obedience of his people to bless and bring about his redemptive purposes. See, not only was Boaz willing to be faithful and obedient to what was required of him by law, Boaz reflected the grace and generosity of God by going above and beyond what was required for the sake of the needy. He was next level, you might say. And he did so right throughout the barley and wheat harvests. Ruth and Naomi had more than enough. Ruth gathered on that first day a whole jerry can worth of grain. That would be enough to feed a person on, on bread for a month. So her and her mama covered for a fortnight just in one day of work. She had nothing, yet she was blessed with everything. But the reality is, 
the barley and wheat harvests are going to come to an end. So what is going to be her hope beyond that season? What hope is there beyond the current season? Will Ruth forever remain the Moabite or the foreigner in Israel? Is a short rest the best she could hope for? Is someone's favour for just this season the best that she's going to get? Well, these questions, these are the questions that the remainder of Ruth's story will answer for us. However, verse 20 provides these two ladies a glimmer of hope. We saw that last week, didn't we? There was a glimmer of hope. They arrived at Bethlehem during the barley harvest, at the start of the barley harvest. What is their glimmer of hope here? Well, their glimmer of hope is in Boaz. And the fact that Boaz is a a close relative of theirs, one of our redeemers. Their only hope of sustained rest, of favour that lasts for more than a season, is the hope of redemption. To be permanently elevated above that of a foreigner. To be redeemed by one of Israel. Boaz is the example for us to follow here, friends. He's a person of character who uses the means the Lord has entrusted to him to bless Ruth and Naomi. To be the agent of God's provision and protection for them. God's desire is to redeem and bless. He desires to have everyone find their hope in him. To take refuge in him and find their provision and protection in him alone. And God's people are the agents of God's gracious and generous provision and protection. Are you one of God's people? What is going to be the experience of foreigners in your field? When someone happens, just happens to come into your field, when they just happen to come across your path, will they find a place of provision and protection? Will they find you to be a worthy person? A person of means and a person of character. When others come under your wing, so to speak, will they find hope, even if it is just a glimmer?
Well, they have find a hope that points to something bigger, something better. The hope of sustained rest, of favour that lasts for more than just a season. The hope of redemption. Is that what will be found through you? Well, again, maybe, maybe you feel like that foreigner today. If that is you, if you are in need today, can I just say that you are welcome here in our field? For they are God's fields. And we desire to be his agents. To provide, to protect, and to show the the generous and gracious nature of our God. But can I also say that? Refuge is ultimately found in one better than Boaz. The one who best reflects God's generous and gracious character. the only true and faithful Israelite who welcomes the needy and foreigners, who elevates all people to the status of equals. The one who not only obeys the law, but generously goes above and beyond it. Friends, the gracious provision of what we truly need comes a great personal cost to God he didn't give his leftovers or his sloppy seconds to us God gives his best his son our Lord Jesus Christ and we are encouraged to take refuge in him is that you today are you taking refuge in God Is your hope in him alone for your provision and your protection? Be encouraged also, friends, that we are God's people. And it is on us to be the agents of his provision and protection in this world. Lord, I pray that we will all be people of noble character. We will be all found to be worthy and all be willing to be agents of God's blessing here. Let me pray along that vein now. Our loving Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the challenge that is in this story. Thank you for giving us this challenge. Lord, help us to truly see your character. And in response to that, truly understand who we are. Lord, we have all been foreigners. We've 
all need to come under your wings to take refuge in you. And Father, I praise you that some of us have found you. But Lord, I'm conscious that not all of us here have found you. So Lord, I pray that that will be the challenge, a challenge for us today. If we don't know you, maybe, maybe, as we enjoy the blessing of this community, it'll point us to a better blessing. That the fields we find through your people will be generous and gracious fields, but they will also point to the one who owns them. Father, I pray for us who are your people that we will see what we have been blessed with. We will see our fields, that they are just your fields that you have given to us. You want us to use the means you've given us to provide and to protect those in need. Lord, I pray that they will find that in our fields. Pray that we'll be a community who is generous and gracious. One where the, the foreigner feels welcomed. That they feel safe to make a few little mistakes. Where we'll be willing to even grab from the bundles so that they may be provided for. Lord, I pray that you will work on us and through us for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, for his glory in this world and beyond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.